Hey everyone, welcome to the Grabs Podcast, where we bring the stories of real life rescues to you firsthand from those involved. I'm your host today. My name is Grant. And with me, I've got Zant Zamora, and we're going to be talking about a grab they made in Portales Fire Department, New Mexico, April 13th, 2022. So uh, without further ado, Zant, how you doing? I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, for sure. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, the fire department where you made this grab at. Okay, so... um. I started volunteering uh, in 2017, um, finally decided to make it my career after uh, about five years. So in 2021, um, I'd gone to college, did all that stuff, and I just was still in love with it, um, decided to make it a career and go after that sort of dream right there. Um, the department I started working at was Bertalis Fire Department. Um, it's in eastern New Mexico. It services, um, of course, Portales, New Mexico, and then some surrounding county um, area. It's about a population of 12,000 and then um, get an influx of five to 7,000 students. Um, it's a university town. Um, we serviced about 100 square miles of the uh, surrounding county. Um so it just, it was a pretty cool little department. Um, minimum staffing of six, uh, maximum staffing of eight. We typically were around that six um, man mark. Every now and then we'd go up to seven. I think we were eight for a month. Um, so it's a very small department, but um, good guys all around, good leadership. Uh, it just, was a good place to start out for myself. Um, the type of calls we'd see around there, uh, we would get a ton of grass fires, um, a good amount of structure fires, industrial fires. It's a big um, farm and ranching community. The um, huge peanut uh, farms out there and then processing plants. So we'd get called out to the processing plant I don't know, three, four times a year for fires. Um, but it was it was a good little place to be. Uh, everybody out of one house, one fire station, or is that split between two? So it was two for about that month that we were full staffed. But then, of course, we didn't have enough people, so we all pulled back to one house. And then uh, you guys go on, I'm assuming everybody goes on a fire. Then do off-duty guys come in, or how are you guys supplemented? Or is it the A6, you got to figure it out? No, um, so everybody goes to the fire, and then we have standby pagers, um, typically two, and those guys would come back to the station, and they would um, run the EMS calls that would come in. It was both fire and EMS. Gotcha. Um, so yes, with, with only showing up with six people on a call, how did you guys figure out who did what? Oh, typically we had our BC. So he, of course, would take command. And then um, we just trained, trained, trained. And honestly, it was sort of second nature to all of us. We knew what we were going to do before we got there. Um, we knew everybody's skill set. And um, we just sort of see what the situation was and go from there. What was your uh, search culture 
there? Like what kind of preloading training did you guys get, get done there? Yeah. So I think that we trained really hard on search, um, but more so we trained and actually did extinguishment, um, occupying that space, getting over to the fire and take, putting it out. So we had one less thing to worry about, you know what I mean? And I think the search, I don't want to say came secondary because it was very much so as we were putting out the fire, but, um, I guess it sort of was secondary. We'd focus on putting out the fire. And if we stumbled upon somebody or found somebody on our way to the fire, we would make that the priority sort of deal. But um, very much so was in there trying to put out the fire, occupying the space, and then just being present, looking for people. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, so let's go to April 13th, 2022 and talk about this call. Yes, sir. So I think it was our second day on um, and we get a dispatch for a house fire. Um, we knew the area was in a mobile home park. So we, of course, figured it was probably going to be a mobile home um, to get over there. It, you had to cross train tracks. So we knew a hydrant probably wasn't going to be feasible. So um, our BC told us, take the ambulance take our rescue pumper and then take what we call a grass rig. But, um, it was set up for out of the, uh, city limits, um, structure firefighting as well. Um, so a lot of water on board. Um, so we get there and we got dispatched at one forty six. um, at one forty seven. Uh, dispatch advised that there was a female that was entrapped in the home. Um, pretty much all the information we got, I think a PD unit was on scene and um, the neighbor had told them that. Um, arrived on scene at 150 and um, I was in the second due truck. So I immediately got out, um, threw on my pack and ran to the front door and um, I knew I probably was going to go in just because who was on staffing that day. And so I masked up. And by the time I masked up, our engineer had a um, line ready at the door. Uh, as soon as I was throwing on my helmet, it was charged. I bled the line and me and my lieutenant and then a uh, another firefighter went through the door. Um, what kind back of structure, to what kind of structure said, was it? It was a mobile home. Okay. What what was the involvement yes, when you got there? So on the uh, Alpha Delta side, it was fully involved. Um, smoke pouring out of the front door when we got there. Uh, I guess an interesting and key fact about that day was the wind was blowing um, sustained at 38 miles an hour. Um, so it was very much, even though it wasn't a wildland fire, it was very much wind driven. Um, it was blowing into the rest of the house. Cool. Yes, sir. So we uh, go through the front door. And um, like I was saying earlier, we had the line with us. So we decided my lieutenant would search while I pushed up to the fire, sort of. Um, 
And as we were going through the living room, it was uh, heavy smoke conditions, moderate heat. wasn't too hot, but you could tell it was it was cooking in there. I go down the hallway, look down the hallway, and um, see the fire. So I open the nozzle a little bit, spray a little water, let those guys do their search. And um, that's when my lieutenant said, I found her. Um, at that point, just sort of had to completely change gears. Um, I start bumping back to him and the other firefighter. And um, my lieutenant tells the firefighters, oh, there's this table in the way. Move this coffee table. And I'm sure my buddy was jacked up because he threw that table as hard as he could and I mean knocked me down to the ground with it but um we recovered from that and I get over to the lady and I'm feeling around can't see anything I find her legs and um at that point I just decided I'll hook her legs under my arm and we'll drag her out that way um so I go ahead, hook her legs, start dragging her out. My fellow firefighter, he leads us to the front door. My lieutenant's helping push her along. And um, we get to the front door. We had already radioed for a stretcher and our BC and um, another firefighter came to the door with the stretcher. So we loaded her up and they took her to the hospital. Nice. How heavy do you think the victim was? Oh, I'd say she was probably about 180 pounds. Uh, what what was was it easy to get her with the leg drag? Was she slippery or anything or anything like that? I wouldn't say she was slippery. Um, it's just awkward whenever somebody's completely flaccid. You know what I mean? It's hard to grab and then try to move them. But I wouldn't say she was too slippery. Um. Once I got her and got situated, it was a pretty good push just back to the door. Nice. And then after you guys passed off the victim, you went in and, and finished putting out the fire and finished your searches, or what What did that look like? Yeah, so while we were in there, they drug another line and started doing an attack from outside as well. So um, they were able to get most of the fire out. So at that point, we just went back in and did a search. Um, went to the fire room, worked our way back. And, uh, by that point they pretty much had it out. What do you think the, uh, time, time elapsed was, do you have that by any chance? I don't, I tried to get the, uh, dispatch information and they had just to our arrival really. Um, I would say time to victim was probably, two, three minutes, and then probably took another two, three minutes to drag her out. Nice. Um, yes, sir. Nice. So uh, having had this call, especially in kind of a smaller rural rural type department, what, you know, kind of what are the lessons learned for you or that you can pass on to other folks that you're working with now? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think we just get in the mindset of, oh, it'll never happen. Um, I didn't, talk to anybody in our department that had ever got a grab before and it was very so the mindset of why are we training so much if it's never going to happen but um 
I think that's whenever you should train even more. If you're not consistently going to fires or consistently making grabs or um, doing those things, you should be training that much harder because you don't have the experience um, when it does come to that day. All right. Yeah. You got to get in those sets and reps someplace, right? Yes, sir. Well, cool. Any, anything else to add before we wrap up? Oh, I don't think so. I think that pretty much covers that day. Nice. Well, I appreciate you reaching out to me uh, and, and being willing to share the story. Uh, you know, there's something to, something to be learned from every grab as, as simple as they seem, you know, especially in this one, you know, you, you just don't think it's going to happen to you and uh, put the training in on the front end, preload our brains for, for being ready to, to make that grab. For anybody else that's listening, we, uh, you know, we want you when you're out there, uh, be aggressive, occupy space, get after the victims. If you do find a victim, uh, please share that information with firefighter rescue survey. That way we can have that information to train from, uh, make sure we're training the way we're finding people. And if you want to share your story, go ahead and get a hold of me, Grant Schwalbe at gmail.com or 239-898-0843, and we can record. Uh, but until next time, uh, just be aggressive and occupy space. 